Discussing Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and AJ Applegate. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, Mr. AJ Abagarth, having technical difficulties again. Sorry, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to do, man. Uh, I blame the cookies. I I just blame you. Is that okay? That's probably more yes. accurate. Yeah. Yes. Right. I, All right, guys. I so uh, we cookies. will be. <laughs> we will be talking about some of the uh, the fantasy baseball impact on the new rules for this upcoming baseball season. The bigger bases, the, the pitch clock, the defensive shifts, or the lack thereof. And then we're going to jump into some of the free agent and big trades that, that went down this offseason. Um, we'll get into that in a second. But business has to be attended to first, so... Um, make sure we hit those subscribe buttons, those like buttons, leave those comments, guys, wherever you're watching or listening. Uh, we appreciate it. It goes a long way in helping us out. And then also we have launched as of last week, our new memberships over at fantasy six pack. Uh, so we did football stuff last year only, um, this year we're doing the entire site. Uh, so baseball, football, we got all the sports, all the DFS and, and everything else. Most of all, best of all, uh, in addition, this year we've got a new draft cheat sheet that I built personally using uh, the formulas I use to build my my rankings, which have have finished in the top ten on Fantasy Pros multiple times, and um, I have finished in the money on RT Sports and, and other best ball leagues. As far you know, for for that, if you're looking for the points league stuff, so. Uh, those should do you very well. Go ahead and download those. And then we've got our Discord, which is free, but then we've got some members-only channels. We've got DFS projected. We've got lots of stuff, guys. Go over there, fantasy6pack.net slash plans. Use promo code F6PMLB for 15% off. Uh, one last thing, sorry, is if you're looking for a place to move your fantasy league or if you need some more customization or you just want to start a new league go to fantrax guys this is the place to play i love their customization there it's it's 99 of it is free if you need some of the advanced like the the customized rules it it does cost some money but it's really not that much but their player pool is is deep so if you're in dynasty leagues especially that's the place to go um I know AJ and I both play in leagues over there, and we both like it. Go ahead and, and start your league up this year. Fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack. 
and uh, you won't regret it, I promise. So, but let's bring in our guest this week, and happy to have him back on. And Mr. Rudy Gamble from Razball runs all the uh, d- projection tools over there for multiple sports. Smart guy, so I'm glad to have him back this week to uh, to talk about everything I mentioned we're talking about. What's going on, Rudy? Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, so... Yeah, we're ready to, to jump in some of these these rule changes and the transactions, but couldn't get into that until we do beer of the week first. What do you say? Yeah, I mean it is the it is the six fantasy six pack hour, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean I only brought I only only drinking one at a time. I don't have like you know I'm yeah, you're not like AJ. You have a beer fridge next to you, and he just whips them out as he goes. Yeah, yeah. I see the liquor back there. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's impre- I mean, like, he has never actually turned around and taken a swig of one of those. One of these shows, he's gonna do it. No, that'd be, that'd be baller. What's? The, do you have any? Good oh, he's bourbon? gonna do it. He's so mad at his. I'm so angry right now. He's so angry at his computer. This he's is, doing it. This is. This is. is you tell me, Rudy, which one do you want? This is no, the. What, uh, Oh, I'm, this, I'm not, this is the scotch. I, oh, scotch! I can't drink scotch. It tastes like an ashtray to me. I know. It I'm, does, I, it's an uncultured, it's an uncultured mouth I've got. So I will. You uh, got some bourbon with, whiskey stuff over there. I only drink white trash bourbon. I've got plenty of that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that I would take some from. Yeah, I've heard something about Colonel Colonel Taylor. Oh, here we go. Here so we go. So Uh-oh. good. This is this is gonna be a show. <laughs> I don't have a glass. Yeah. So, oh well. Just, just so that it, I say, t- just tip it back. Just... Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's do our beer of the I'll week. Say, I'll take as many outfielders as I want. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Um, let's do yeah, beer of the so, week. Hang on, guys. Okay. So I'm, I'm drinking a local. Oh, sorry. Oh, I had I had a sound effect. Sorry, man. Yeah. No. No. A whole no, good. good one. Just cut yeah, off. Yes. So this is a local. Uh, called Austin Beer Works. It's a f- flavor country. It's called. It's a hoppy pale ale. So if you're you like pale ales and you like IPAs, but sometimes the IPA is too much, you go with the hoppy pale ale. It's the the beer to drink. It's the ale to drink when you're drinking more than one. All right. Which is like repurposing an old ad slogan. Um, but yeah, like so like. Even me, I do like my IPAs. Um, at some point, like yeah, it, it gets a little much, and so this is like that perfect beer where it's got a little bite, All right, but not as nice. not as much. And they have I like their design, which you know at least for their for very uh, Weezer esque. Yeah, definitely. Their I first like... ones were like blue and green and yeah, and stuff <laughs> like that. So um, I'm. That's a great homage to to where we came from to now drinking beer. And it's like, oh, all right. We feel you there. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, uh, I'm also drinking a, a pale ale myself. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've had this one on the show. I, I got to get used to this phone camera. This is big, the big truck. Big truck. Flat, Flat red pale ale. So this, where, where is that out of? This is a uh, big truck. Detroit. Farm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Should be. Totally. That's it's a good right, one. Like right that. downtown, right by the uh, sports complex. Um, that, is that downtown Philadelphia? Downtown. Yes. yes. I, I, yeah. It's, well, it's in the it's in the uh, 
the seafood district of of Philly. Uh, no, it's in uh, Queenstown, Maryland. Guessing that's maybe near Farm Town. Um, but yeah, it's uh, th- this is a, a fairly newish brewery to me, and they've uh, they put out a lot of different stuff. I've got a couple other ones in here that I will probably be drinking tonight because I'm angry, and uh, it's it's all good. It's not too heavy. Um, I mean, this one's only a five point five, but it sounds really light. Yeah, it's it's a nice. <laughs> Like big drunk, eighteen wheeler on beer, eighteen wheeler <laughs> light tail <laughs> Oh man! All right, so I'm drinking an Elder Pine Southern Hemisphere Haze Hazy IPA. If you hadn't guessed, it was a haze. Um, they all their cans are the same. I know AJ, you, you're right. It's... You're familiar with these. They're all black cans, boring, gold. Logo and then like some, that's for sure. They at least put like a picture on the front of this one. Some of them are just plain. I, but, I don't see an homage to Weezer. I mean, yeah, that's not as cool, but the beer's good and no, I like it. So it's, not, it's good beer, but uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta have presentation. Okay? Sorry, man. That's what I had in the fridge. I'll stock up after Super Bowl Sunday. So, all right, guys. So let's yeah. jump into oh. our show. We're going to start here with the rule changes for the 2023 season. And we're going to start with the, I don't know, the base running, I don't know, like the, the steals, right? Like this is where the impact is going to be. So um, there's multiple things affecting this, right? It's not just the larger bases, um, which are three inches larger. They're like 18 to, compared to 15. Um, but the, there's a couple of other things that are affecting this, right? So they changed some of the, like the pitching engagement rules, right? And they added a pitch timer on top of that, right? So you now have to pitch 15 seconds if there's nobody on base, which that doesn't affect steals, but 20 seconds if there is somebody on base. Um, but the disengagements is really interesting to me and something I didn't hear about until a little bit later into it. Everybody was so focused on the, the size of the bases but you can only disengage three total times. And on that third time, if your pickoff attempt isn't successful, the runner gets the base. So, and a disengagement counts as just stepping off. So you can't even just, (laughs) it's crazy. And after the second time somebody does that, I feel like everybody's just going to like, pew, just take off, man. They're just gone. I don't know how this is going to work. Like, I, it, it just seems crazy to me, but Rudy, what what do you think the impact of this is going to be on like the stolen base totals we could potentially see this this year? Yeah, I mean they, they did it in AAA last year, um, and it did lead to an increase. I want to say it was like five percent. Um, it was it was in uh, Jeff and Tanner's process uh, book, and uh, so I'd, but it was uh, so it had a lift. But I think the tough thing with something like this is that there's going to be a handful of teams or a handful of stolen base guys that go off this year that maybe mm-hmm. this is the impetus to, to steal like just like double how much they had from the previous year, <laughs> but it's so impossible to predict. Yeah. Um, what it nets out to me is, is like from a projection side, we'll project more stolen bases. Um, and, but it doesn't really change any valuations because yeah, maybe the 30 stolen base guy goes up 
five and the one stolen base guy goes to like one and a half. So there's like maybe a little bit more value Mm -hmm. in the heist, but it's not enough that it really changes anything. It's in it from a, a player valuation standpoint in my eyes, but, uh, but for sure we'll see more stolen bases. Um, This could, you know, and, and you might even, you might see things where pitchers go and tilt a little bit more, you know, because, you know, that, that, that feeling of the 20 seconds and pitching before you're ready. Um, yeah. I feel like all that, I, I like it as a fan. Um, a little trip, you know, like every once in a while, you're like, you can take 30 seconds if you have to or something. But for the most part, it, there's... And what's going to happen just, when they don't like... You know, well, but like, if you've ever watched a game, if you ever watched the condensed game in an hour, you're like, this is so much better. Yeah. Like, like you're like okay maybe like because yeah you could always hit pause if you have to go to the bathroom or something but you're like you realize there's a lot of fat in the game that's not really adding anything so i like it as a fan from a fantasy perspective i mean i don't know what there's not much we can do with it you know maybe and what'll happen after next year is that then you'll have a a better player level baseline right so yeah this year's hard right i mean like but it's hard to say, like, I mean, like, if you're, I can't imagine the, those things really will change any, super change anything on a player. As if a player is like, if I, if I only could have been, got six inches better on my lead, I'd steal <laughs> all the time. But I can't get that. So Yeah. Um, here's, here's one thought that I've had. And, you know, it's like the, the John birdies of the world, right? The guys yeah. who are so steel reliant, like that's where their value comes from. Does their overall value now drop because players are going to like kind of catch up to them? Right. Like, because that's the I, only I, thing they do. Is, is there, is there something to that? I don't, I don't. Or do think... they just make the extra jump with it? Well, the, well you like... would think they you would think they do that. That no one's at like a near. Like I mean, obviously, last year there was a stretch where John Birdie felt like every time he could steal, he stole. And I had um, him, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah. It, it was a you know, it, yeah, it was a, a tear. Um, but there, there's so few guys that even fit that. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, it's you know like. Maybe it's one where, like, if a guy even is near there, if you've got a like, it, it might be that much more worthwhile to roster marginal players with premium speed. This is particularly in deep leagues, but also in a daily league. Um, and just, you know, just to try to time those, that there might be a few more heaters like that. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, once you make a few more, you know, there's a, there is some momentum to it. Like, you know, stealing it has has to have a high number amount of confidence. You get caught once or twice. You know, you could see how you'd pull back. Um, yeah. But remembering, like, the biggest to me, like the, one of the biggest drivers on stolen bases, why it goes up and down so much, is player health. Um, you That's know, true. so you'll just see these crazy splits of a guy like with speed steal like two bases and a half. I want to say like. And this is, yeah, I, I just don't look at data in this way, but I feel like Luis Robert like just stopped stealing last year. Um, I want to say Julio Rodriguez basically like was like stealing tons of bases early and stopped in the second half. Like whatever it is, like the second you have a little something wrong and you're a good player, it's like, yep, no more stolen bases. 
Um, so that doesn't change with this. It's still an injury. Um, it's still a, a fairly high, for what it is, a little bit higher risk of a baseball move. Like you're, you're more yeah. likely to get hurt stealing a base than swinging at the plate. So those things, that Unless doesn't change. <laughs> he could just get hurt. Yeah. And, and, he could sneeze. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but yeah, so it, I, I, I don't think it'll really factor in, in fantasy. I'd say if I had to think of one thing, it would be if you're in like right now, this is a great time to do those 50 round leagues on um, NFBC or if you're doing like, a, except for best ball, stolen bases aren't worth it to really, to really dwell on. But if you're playing in this big, like I played, do this 50 round format and it, and it's like, yeah, maybe one or two more guys that are like good speed guys, get them on the team. You could bench them, but if they get that <laughs> pretty stretch, you just right. take that clean and up. then, and just, yeah, which is to me the greatest thing about Roto versus head to head is that it's like you can bank something like that where, yeah, head to head, it's always like, oh my God, remember that week you stole eight bases? Like, yeah, I won stolen bases that week. Or yeah. that helped me win my week. But otherwise, it's not that memorable. Yeah. Um, but when it's for like the season long, it's like, oh, my, people remember everything. People remember these random, like, remember that time in 2021 John Birdie stole four bases in a game in September and that that like moved me up in the rankings and hell yeah it did um, that's a, I mean that's a great point because even though we're gonna have larger bases here and we're we're shrinking this distance that they're going I mean throwing this disengagements in there is just a it's a different aspect that we're not used to okay if you want to blow the bases up fine uh, somebody who takes a three-step lead is still taking a three-step lead knowing they're that much closer now are they going to take a four-step lead and and you know try to throw the pitcher off or whatever maybe but from especially if they've already done the two disengagements i would that's exactly. that's where it's going to get interesting. I feel like exactly, but... and I think that like those disengagements coming into it, I think really just it, it it's going to help fantasy, but it's going to be marginal. Um, I, I mean, how many people are really going out and being like, you know what? I'm winning steals this year. I don't give a shit about all these other categories. I'm taking steals. Sadly, I know a lot Nobody. of people do that. Um, no. Unless so, you want to be in last place, fine. Have at it. Yeah, so the the one other rule that, that obviously is important for fantasy is the defensive shifts, and uh, they're getting rid of them this year, and basically it's – you know, infielders have to stay in the infield, right? They can't go into the outfield anymore. They got to stay on their side. So shortstops got to stay over there. You might be able to shift within your zone, yeah, but no longer four guys on one side. You know, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, the so, second base, the second base ump's got like a taser and a and like a cattle prodder. <laughs> yeah. So you go past that line. It's got a whip. Like, <laughs> yeah, Love yeah. So there, there's two sides to this, right? And it's, um, I'll let you pick where you want to start. So the impact this will have on hitting, 
right? So, and and maybe give some examples of who's going to see large gains. Obviously, I would think batting average is where we're all going to kind of go with on this. Um, and then pitching, you know. So a lot of people have talked about how this is going to help the hitters. But I kind of this is going to negatively impact some pitchers, especially contact pitchers, right? This is no longer the defense going to bail them out. So yeah, I'll let this, you pick where you want to go first with this. No, that this one is a lot more meaningful and it will have disproportionate impact that we can predict. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if basically something's going to have impact and you have no idea where, then what's the point of worrying about it? Um, so with with so the hitting is the easier of the two. So the shift disproportionately hurts lefties um, who pull the ball a lot, and you know, you know, it doesn't do anything for fly balls. It has a marginal impact on the line drives because you're that line drive that was being caught in short right field, um, but it's really about ground balls. So. Mm-hmm. You can go into something like fan graphs, um, look at leaderboards. Uh, you could see who got shifted the most. Um, you could see, um, you know, how many – you could even get to things like what's their gra- batting average on ground balls, stuff like that. But uh, So guys who are going to get impacted are include guys like uh, Joey Gallo for mm-hmm. sure. Corey Seager was one that gets shifted a lot. Um, Rowdy Telez. So – you know, those the extreme cases could see like upward movement of like verse last year, like 20, 25 batting points, like say like 200 to 225 or 225 to 250. Um, the one thing to note there is, you know, for them to see a big impact verse last year um, would have meant they had a, you know, uh, they likely would have had a low batting av- Babbitt. And the projection systems are already going to regress that up kind of like, you know, this hitter can't be a 250 batting average guy. Could they hit that many ground balls? They should have had been luckier. So they, they'll, they'll move them up closer to like 275 or 280, which means that, you know, I'd say like something like a Corey Seager might go up 20 something points from last year. But don't just add that to his projections this year because they've they're already kind of giving him credit for to bounce back a little they bit. They are, yeah. Seeger's a perfect example. His bad bit last year was two forty two. They're already projecting like two ninety five is a high two ninety. Right. So and so yeah, it's already been built the, in. Right. So so yeah. So I don't think it's gonna change from there. Um so yeah, there's on the hitter thing, yeah, it'll it'll have some impact. I think um you know, uh, the projection systems will have it better integrated in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think, you know, like, you know, that you're first getting out the projections and then things like your something like that setting league averages kind of comes in a little later in the preseason. Um, the pitcher part, so that part, I, that, that part I already did some deep diving into. Um, it impacts ground ball pitchers more. So basically fly ball pitchers already have low Babbitt, but they have to risk the homers. Right. <laughs> um, so that's just, so like a guy like Christian Javier is a very heavy fly ball pitcher. His Babbitt is super low is like, could be like the lowest in the league, but you know, things average out in terms of your ERA. 
Um, but you had two things. Like, so one is, yeah, the high ground, high contact ground ball pitchers. Um, this definitely impacts, but then you've got who get impact even more are the guys that were benefiting because their teams were really advanced, either very good on defense or were very savvy with shifts. So like the Dodgers have been on like a two or three year run where their team BABIP is like some of the lowest ones in recorded baseball in like since like 80 years. Um, So guys like Urias, um, both the last two years, um, Gonsolin last year, um, they have others. Their their BABIPs are like unsustainable. Um, So those guys will probably have larger corrections. Uh, which is probably, you know, like, I mean, I, I've, I made some adjustments on our projections on it. Um, yeah. I think there's going to be some, definitely it's tougher to be a ground ball pitcher. Now yeah. you're going to get more hits are going to go through and it kind of compounds, um, you know? So yeah, uh, it, it, it'll be a case where I think you're, you're going to want to, gravitate a little bit more to the guys that miss bats this year. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking that too. And, and, and in fact, um, talked about this today on one of the shows that's going to come out soon on this channel with Austin. We did our starting pitchers like that. We want to draft after like ADP of 150. And he mentioned the same thing. Like it's going to make those guys that can get swing and misses that much more valuable because guess what? The ball's not in play if you strike them out and you don't yeah. have that risk. So, yeah, I'm glad you made that point. That's spot on. I totally agree. Yeah, so it's an interesting one where, like, yeah, based on my analysis on, like, where my projections was, and the ones you know, I partner with Steamer on them, but I felt like the last year or two, we were really not crediting those contact guys. And now I feel like I'm making a correction to credit them a bit more but you know it, it's reduce. You know, like I'm not make. You know, like based on what I'm seeing, I'm like not going to go too far on it. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I think uh, I'm feeling good on our numbers for it. But yeah, I would say not just the the guys who can K, guys that could throw fly that throw a lot of fly balls. Those will be less impacted by this and. I agree. Yeah, you know, and if the balls stay unjuiced, it's just another. So, like some guys that fall under that. Um, I mean, Christian Javier was one, um, but like Scherzer and Verlander, very heavy fly ball tilts and miss bats, mm-hmm. um, and they, you know, so those, you know, um, I think I want to say Rodon is more of a fly ball pitcher, but not as sure, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm finding those guys looking pretty good on my board, you know, when I'm drafting right now. And that yeah, yeah there's there's certain no, guys that I'm just like come off the board, I'm like close. not even yeah, like guy certain guys going maybe rounds ahead of where I would put them because of inc- yeah, my increased um concern or skepticism towards this uh so toward a pitcher being like very good at managing contact. Yeah. It's already a tough skill. Yeah. It's already a tough skill to sustain, but um I think 
yeah, the shift made it easier. Um, it's it's funny. I feel like they did, you know, they, they implemented the pitch timer, right? To like reduce the game time, but then they got rid of the shift, which could prolong innings because people are getting balls. I don't know. It just seemed but in like exciting, it kind of like, but in an exciting way. It, I, it, I it is. It is. I'll it admit, is. I did. I um, I'm a fan of of this. I uh, I I no, I, 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 I love so, it. So it was so tilting to see like a guy. Like it's one thing. Like a they ruined ball careers. Let's be hole. honest. I mean, it. I mean, Chris it, Davis. I mean, I joked on one of the shows yeah. I did with Austin. It kind of ruined Chris Davis' career, although he strikes out forty five percent of the time. But yeah, he had. A, I mean, there, but there, yeah, there were a lot of guys that it, it just, just seemed like, like once they could. The shift. Yeah, and it just it just kind of had a, a just this momentum man. where it snowballed because like then a guy you'd only be pitched inside, you'd never get pitches over the plate. Um, I feel like Teixeira kind of fell off yeah. the face of the earth. I mean, he had he was an injury somewhat. But um, yeah. Brian McCann was one that suddenly became like, um, yeah, like suddenly became. He was not. He wasn't like a two thirty hitter. But by the time like the shifts came, like he was a low average guy. So yeah, I I just I just didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, especially the guy playing in the in the outfield. So I think um, yeah. that's that's the one that just felt like I get it. It's like. You could say the teams are being smart on defense. That doesn't mean it's necessarily enjoyable. And it's like, you know, you could come up with I could come up with a whole bunch of things that would be smart in football, and they don't let me do it, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be smart if like you had like four receivers all in a, a vertical line, and then they run different ways at the line of scrimmage, and you'd be like, you can't do that. They have a rule that says you have to have a certain amount of guys on the line, right? Right. So it's like this is all sports. So this, you know, basketball, like, yeah, I'm sure like, you, you know, you got rid of up. like the hand checking and stuff. You can't like well, no, touch you, people anymore. Well, you, but yeah, but you could, but basketball has like, you can't like, Oh, it'd be smart if you just kept a really tall guy right in front of the net all the time, but they have That's a three a, second yeah. violation. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I kind of just see it within those. I don't see it as like particularly unfair, but from no, a, I, from I like a fantasy perspective, just know it's going to be, Dispro- like uh, you could you could see look look at teams based on their team BABIP, um, and general, particularly if you could isolate if you and this gets harder to do if you could isolate like their BABIP on ground balls and and you see start seeing some teams you're like what like the differences are so stark yeah. and the Dodgers are the just the easy one to, to pick out and you're just like yeah that's gonna come back to a some extent uh, it doesn't yeah. help the Dodgers that I don't, I think their team got worse defensively. Um, you know, um, and there, and one last interesting thing for baseball, what this does is that you were able to hide a good bat eh, fielder at second base because the shift allowed you basically for did uh, let point. you hide them because they didn't have to have the same range. Um, so I, I want to, so I do think you're going to see more second basemen who are, uh, more traditional second baseman, a little bit more of speed, a little less power. That type of player is now going to have to make it at third. I, like, I, I don't know if that's fair to say about Max Muncy, but because I haven't watched a lot of Dodger games, but I always felt like 
he's playing second. Is he really a second baseman? I kind of think he's a first or third <laughs> yeah, baseman. That's a good point. Yeah, but Monty they, does not look like your typical second baseman. Right. Um, so, so all of a sudden, yeah, the, I, you could see there's a quote from the Dodgers saying, like, you know, uh, the rookie uh, Miguel Vargas is going to play second. But it's all about, you know, he's really athletic and young and one of our faster guys. It's like, yep, that's yep, that's what we're that's... that was the historical second base. Like the Jeff Kent was the was the anomaly. Yeah. Um, and now so I think you're going to just something to consider if, you know, for certain types of players where they um, their playing time might be coming from. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's jump into these transactions, and uh, we're going to start with the Blue Jays, who were, were very, very busy. Um, so we're just going to rip through, like, kind of everything they did. We've got some names highlighted. Uh, I'll, I'll point those out for sure and ask you some questions. Feel free to chime in with whatever else you want. But first off, their trades. Uh, the one trade with Arizona uh, was, was kind of big and pretty shocking, actually. Uh, they traded Gabriel Moreno. And Lourdes Gurriel, um, and they received Dalton Varsho. Um, and then they with Seattle, they traded Tiosca Hernandez and got Eric Swanson in return. I, there's other names involved with here, but fantasy wise, at least for 2023, this is what we care about. Um, and then they signed Chris Bassett and Kevin Kiermeyer. So, you know, I've got that trade with Arizona highlighted as, as one that I was. Curious to get your thoughts about and from either side. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mind the trade in general baseball terms. I think, I think Arizona saw it right. That bar is not going to be a catcher in the long term. They had, they're stocked on outfield, whether, you know, Moreno does is one of the top prospects for catcher. I don't think Moreno's of any real value in fantasy this year. I think uh, Varsho is a fun guy to have as you're in a one catcher league. I think he's probably going too expensive in a second cat in a two catcher mm-hmm. league right now. But um, the big concern I have, the only concern I really have with Varsho is, um, you know, he's he's not going to play any catcher on that team. They already have two. Um, he's I don't think he's going to hit if he if he if he told me he'd hit in the beginning in the early part of the lineup, if somehow he would find his way in the top hitting second, I mean, his value is through the roof. I think he's going to be towards the back of the lineup. I think he'll give you power. I don't, he isn't, I think he'll, he'll give you pretty good stats. The runs RBIs won't be fantastic. The average won't be fantastic. Um, he'll be so, um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of the most interesting guy from fantasy on that. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the thing with Varsho, right. Is that at least for this year, he still does have that, that catcher eligibility. Um, and they, so that's think, what, that's what pumps his, his ADP up. It does, and the power, he showed nice power last year. That was, he, he was cut. He was supposed to be a good batting average guy, but he, and he might've sold out for the power last year. But he showed power, and there's positive news about Toronto's uh, remodeling of the park. So it's an offense you want to have guys on. So, like, I buy the power. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know on the stolen bases. It's not a team that steals a lot. It's not a team that needs to steal a lot. No, um, and not. he's not. And he's not, you know, no-brainer fast. 
Yeah. So yeah, you might be you might end up he looking got at a guy six times last year and stole sixteen. So that's right. not a good percentage. Yes. So it's so basically like yeah, I, I, he was a, a a big a buy for me last year in like the seventh round in fifteen team leagues. Mm-hmm. Eh, this year, I mean, he's going like you have to take him in the fifth round. I, I'm just hesitant on it, but um, because I, I don't I don't buy the stolen bases, and now the the average doesn't seem to be that good. Um, but, and I, and I don't know if he's a guy that they're going to, he's going to play every day against lefties. So his, his counting stats might not be that much better. That's the, the two benefits of a catcher eligible guy who plays in the outfield is, uh, less off days and less chance of getting hurt, but feels like he's a guy that, you know, you could always find a righty to play outfield. (laughs) So like, yeah. I, I'm. We'll see. We'll see on it right now. I think he's being a little overbought in, in some of the expert leagues. Um, I'll admit I don't. The Teoscar Hernandez trade only makes sense from a salary management standpoint. And that one was because weird to me. And you've he's not a great fielder, and you want Kirk DHing. So they made a conscious decision. And said Varsho seems to be a plus out fielding outfielder. Kiermaier is a plus fielding outfielder. Um, so we're going to upgrade the defense, get probably get a little younger and cheaper. And Hernandez might have been a guy you DH, but you've got Kirk on that team. Um, so, yeah, I think so. That that's the only thing that could helps it make sense because Swanson is just fine, but that doesn't it doesn't doesn't make sense for this year. Not going to pretend no, like it I, makes sense. I mean, to me. the only thing that it it kind of did was to me, and because they were able to like. Maneuvers some things around. They got more lefties in that lineup. And like we all said this before last year, like it was like nine righties. And so now they've at least got three lefties that they can easily throw in there. I mean, Biggio was the only one that was like sort of penciled in as a guy, but yeah, I mean, he stinks too. That wasn't great. So, right. uh, And and it's never been as good a time in baseball to be a lefty because, because so we, we just, because we talked about the shift part, but the other thing that, that keeps that's basically now happened is the three pitcher, the three batter rule is that loogies are going extinct. It's harder and harder to be a lefty in a bullpen. Now it used to be the easy, you know, like as long as you could throw like a slider, you're guaranteed to pitch forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't True. carry that. You There's bullpens that just can't carry that guy anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, you see there's lefties, uh, that are available for free agency that would have had no, would already been signed three years ago. So it means, you know, late games, the lefties are lefty hitters are facing less lefty pitchers, but you know, the vice versa is that, yeah, you have a team with all righties. It's like, you're not benefiting from that. Um, Mm. So I do think they get, they made their lineup more balanced. They made their outfield defense much better, which helps on their pitchers. Um, so I, I I get it from the resource management thing and some of the balance stuff, um, but it it does yeah. And Teoscar Hernandez's value goes down because Seattle's not a, a fun place to hit. So he's fine. I mean, but it's cert yeah. You certainly have to, it, it takes his value down a, a tick or two. He's also a great you know going from a great lineup to a good lineup is a little bit of a demerit. Yeah. 
right, so moving on to the Mets here. Um, basically, the, the big signing was Verlander, um, and they also got uh, Quintana. They got uh, a re-signed um, Nimo and uh, Diaz, who were good for them, so not surprised to see that. But, but Verlander is the one that sticks out here to me. Um, yeah, he, he's been a great pitcher through his career. You know, multiple Cy Youngs, um, won the World Series last year. But, I mean, is this something, is it, is it like, hey, we lost to Grom, now we're going to go get Verlander? Or, I mean, they lost Bassett, too. They lost Walker. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Verlander coming into New York here? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's a generally positive from a park standpoint. Um, and while, you know, while there's a couple of, you know, the Phillies and the Braves are some powerhouse lineups, we got the balanced, that, that that's not as big a thing anymore with the way they've done the schedule. Yeah. Um, and plus you'd get the Nats, which are, <laughs> um, so, um, awesome. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, he won the Cy last year. I mean, the, the thing that's crazy about Verlander, because he's, I mean, he's really. There we go. Oh, yeah, he set up really. We lost well. it for a second. <laughs> oh, sorry. I would say like Verlander set up really well um, in terms of the stuff that you could really project. The his his walk rate's so low. His BABIP's traditionally been low because of fly balls and just because the weird angle you get because he's a skyscraper. Um, that um, I think he, he projects really well. There's a his floor. If he's healthy, he's high. The thing you're, the thing that's gone probably is like the ten plus K nine. He's not, you know, he he was under ten last year. I mean, maybe a year more removed, maybe, but he's he's thirty nine or something. Um, so I, I like the Verlander move. I mean, I think I think and where he's going in drafts right now is not bad. Um, yeah. you, you just have to, you just have that little voice inside you is like that, that little kid on who guessed it on sports center. who's like, Jimmy key. What is he like? 45. Um, uh, you remember that one, but like, that's, that's the thing is like, yeah, I know Verlander's old, uh, you know, like every pitcher's got, I mean, like, I don't see how Verlander's less risky than DeGrom or for that matter, Scherzer or Rodon. I mean, these are all guys I yeah. generally yeah. like. I mean, Degrom gives Degrom is like another level. I mean, so like every pitcher in that bunch. I mean, I look at I'm looking at my list. It's like Aaron Nola. I get he's Aaron Nola is as safe as you can get for a pitcher, yeah. seemingly. Um, although he did have to go to the world through the World Series, so a little extra innings. But like, yeah, Shane McClanahan looks great, except couldn't. Yeah, you know, he lost a ton of velocity the last. He, he like fell apart in the second half of last year. So um, I think the Verlander moves good overall for the Mets. I, you know, yeah, they lost a lot. I, 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 I mean, they're, they're pretty well set up. It's, it's going to be pretty insane um, from a division standpoint, just in the, just the Mets, Phillies and Braves. That's just three um, loaded teams, especially once Harper's back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough division to go through. So, but the Mets can spend money and uh, 
and they continue to do so. So they wanted to spend more, but it just didn't happen. Um, all right, so let's move over here to the other New York City team, and that's the Yankees. And obviously, they, they signed Aaron Judge. Not much changes there for them, and then Anthony Rizzo. Um, the, the newbie that's interesting is Carlos Rodon. And obviously you've already mentioned him. So just, you know, maybe give a, a few more seconds on, on why you like or dislike this signing for the, for the Yankees. I mean, fantasy value. right. So, you know, you're kind of, there is something a little similar to Garrett Cole here in that. Yeah. I think, I think there's going to be homers. Yeah. The Yankee stadium is good for homers. It's not it's not necessarily a great park for anything else offensively um, like Babbitt and stuff like that, but it's good for homers. So you're going to give up the, you might be giving up some homers. I mean, he's had, oddly enough, I mean, he's been great on homers the last two years. And one of those years was in with as a white sock. So, but that, that would be one downside, but man, the guy, his strikeouts and his walks have been mm-hmm. great. Um, the, you know, he's, the fastball velocity has stayed consistent the last two years. Um, you know, you know, and, and it, so I don't know. I mean, like I, I like Radon a lot this year. I think it's a really good signing. Um, I mean, I, I, I think the key is, you know, he's been able to maintain this 95, 96 mile per hour uh, for the last two years. And his fastball is great. You know, it's, it's not like he's this guy who's, dependent on like uh, breaking pitches. And, you know, this guy is just like his fastball is really hard to hit and then he can just play off of it. So I, th- I like, um, I like the Rodon signing by the Yanks. Um, I like him for this year. And yeah, it's just, you just know, like, I, I don't, it's hard to feel like any less comfortable with him than other pitchers. And I think he, he you probably are getting him at good value where you're getting him at drafts, at least right now. We'll see where I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in like, in like some of the drafts I do, like in the, the high six NFBC ones, I could see him going in the top 20 to 25 picks by the end of the, you know, by the, uh, by end of March. Yeah. I mean, right now his he's ADP at, on average is 36 overall. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I could see. So, like, in the third round already. Yeah. I mean, like, you're just balancing it with other, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I have them on the proje- projections as like fourth. And with DeGrom third, who's a guy that, you know, it's just so hard to take. Yeah. Um, I, my projections have DeGrom really high, too. It's like, uh, I don't want so, it to be, but, but he's that good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, so I've got Rodon tenth in my rankings right now, but I, I mean, I could easily move him up. He's he, he's that good. Yeah, he, so. he is, and he he's finally been able to to showcase his talent the past few years when he's been healthy. Um, Rodon Rodon scares me. I'm glad that he's on the other New York team and, and not with the Mets. But I was hoping that he would get to the Phillies, um, who took Taiwan Walker away from the Mets. Uh, they they signed Craig Krim, uh, Kimbrel. Take another shot of whiskey. I mean, okay, <laughs> great, uh, okay. No, Jesus. Uh... <laughs> um, but the, I mean, obviously, the big 
the big name here to talk about with the Phillies is Trey Turner. Um, he's already played with Bryce Harper. Uh, they they have a, a great relationship, you know, in and outside of baseball. I think that that's a big reason why Trey Turner came here, along with the fact that they managed to somehow find themselves in the World Series last year. Um, but I think I think Turner's going to be relied on a lot early on this year because of Harper surgery. Uh, what do you think about Turner with the Phillies this year, Rudy? I mean, well, I mean. He he came up as a leadoff hitter. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic player. He really has no weaknesses, mm-hmm. um, and I'd say that from a fantasy side too. Um, yeah. Now, you know, the Dodgers. He was a three hitter. Um, he wasn't a heavy power guy as a three hitter because they yeah. they had Betts, and and arguably Betts has equal, probably a little bigger power than him. But I think maybe yeah. they liked it better because Betts with on base. Um, so hitting three, what we saw from Turner on the Dodgers and maybe even at the end of the Nats, it's like, he didn't, he's super fast and he's a wonderful slider. Um, but he was stealing like 30 bases a year. He, and in concept, he seemed like a guy that could steal 40 to 50. Yeah. Um, and that is a, I mean, so I'm, I look at like the projections, like ours, I look at, you know, what I'd get from others. And it's clearly saying like, yeah, Trey Turner is like the 10th best player right now. Why? Well, he doesn't hit that much power. And yeah, he steals 30 bases and he's yeah. very good on average and some other things. Um, but he's being, his ADP is like three. And so I feel like the market is betting that he wasn't stealing because he was on the Dodgers he's going to steal on the Phillies, which wasn't necessarily, I mean, like necessarily a super, a, a team that was running a lot. Um, so that's to me, the question mark. Do you, I almost feel like the market is pricing him as he's going to steal 40 bases. And so I feel like the projections are too low, but I don't think I'm, <laughs> I, but I'm also under on the market. So he's kind of a guy that I'm almost, I'm not going to have on any team. Um, and I'm not super happy about it, but yeah, you, know, you, you just kind of be like, you know, you, you, those are the. It's great when you pay the the market price, and you look at it and you go like, I'm taking this guy, but I know I've got this upside. I know I've got that extra, you know, if this guy figures this out, or if this is a year he decides to run. Um, but that that's the only thing you have to think about with with Turner. Um, and yeah. and the weird thing is. Where if you've played fantasy for a while and you don't kind of change your priors, you'd be like, well, I kind of like getting that shortstop in the first round instead of an outfielder. And it's like, if you're playing this year and you go through some drafts, you're like, oh, no, I'll take the outfielder. Like, there's plenty of middle infield, but outfield towards your fourth and fifth dries up in deeper leagues. And it's like, so, so Mm -hmm. I would, I would, I would have been like a year or two. You know, I'd already been converted to like I'm neutral, and I probably wouldn't care shortstop or outfield. And last year was like, man, the longer I could wait on shortstop, the better because I like so many of these guys. And now it'd be like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I'll take the, uh, yeah, I, I'd 
I could see a whole bunch. There's a, a bunch of outfielders I would take over Turner right now. But yeah. you're just getting more more out of them from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, I I love Turner. I love that that he's come to Philly. Um, but I am interested to see how he fits and, and where he fits in this lineup because Schwarber wants to be leadoff, and it's like, okay, I mean, you were great, you hit a lot of solo home runs, <laughs> but you need that like move down in the lineup and uh, I'm about to right. hit third and actually bat some people in this time. No, uh, yeah. well, I mean, he's yeah, I mean, because his best trait, I mean, is power and on base. For yeah. Schwarber, his so that's thing like just awesome. So, so, it's, so it's hard to pull him from there, but and you're right with Bryce not there. I mean, you you, you can go Turner yeah. three. You can go. I mean, Turner two He's is done rough. It before. I mean, right. Turner's so, in the Dodgers. He was like second and third so, a lot. But, it's kind of weird. But if you told me second, or, he stole a lot. By the way, he right? Was, he was below. Right. Oh, it's below just bats. hard. To, you cannot. It is hard to steal. As a as a three hitter, it's hard to steal more than like thirty bases. Um, you yeah, know, like you you could be the last out, or you're the last hope in the first inning, and it's right. like, or there's guys in front of you. Like the lead, that's the th- the the, yeah. the benefit of the leadoff is that yeah, you're getting more times where you're on first and there's no one else on second. So yeah, I think that'll that'll be something that drives it. It doesn't, you know. Um, but it, it, I don't know if the market's pricing that out. There's also just a love of um, – there's a comfort level of getting some – making a dent in stolen bases in the first round. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I don't know if that case is as strong. Just the way the player pool is this year, not, not the bases or anything like that. But I could – but that's yeah. the other part. Like it's where, you know, a guy who's like unquestionably good at some things except stealing – might fall and it's it's strictly it's strictly because of that yeah. i don't know it, it, it's it's gonna be an interesting draft this year just to see where these guys are yeah going that we are used to taking in specific spots because of well this is a steel guy so half we'll, we'll, for shit's sake we'll just say half the majority will be yeah, I think he's going to steal even more now, blah, blah, blah. But other people will be like, well, eh, maybe not. I'm I'm going to try this out. It, it, it'll be interesting, but let's move on. All right, yeah, so moving on here. This is probably a little bit quicker. Uh, Boston, um, they re-signed uh, Devers. Uh, they gave him that big contract just uh, the other day, actually. Uh, they renegotiated for that. Justin Turner came to town. And Kenley Jansen. So this is the one I want to ask you about. So Kenley Jansen, obviously the ex-Dodger, has been had a great career. But, yeah, I mean, Kenley Jansen moving away from the Dodgers, first off, who are a very good team and gives a lot of save. Well, maybe not a lot of save chances, but good enough, right? Now moves to the Red Sox, who... I don't think anybody knows what the hell the Red Sox are actually doing right now. Like it is chaos over there with their roster management. So, and Kenley Jansen has sort of been kind of a wild card recently. So we don't really know what to expect from him. What's your thoughts on the Kenley Jansen signing here? 
and and for him in, in fantasy. Yeah, I think um, he he's okay. He's in that tier where um, he's going to get overdrafted in in my like he's he's not providing premium K's and ratios at this stage mm-hmm. of his career. So that that the one of the reasons you could justify paying up for an Edwin Diaz in dra- come draft day or um, you know. Try to think, uh, hater is generally one class. The one of the rings you could pay up is that they give you premium ERA, whip, and K's, some level of each. Mm-hmm. That it, when a guy doesn't give that, all his value is tied up in saves. And yeah, Jansen can get hurt, Jansen might not be as effective. Um, so I, I don't want a guy that's not going to give me the premium, um, on the ratios and K's at where Jansen would go in a, in drafts where I'm seeing it today. I'd rather have, you know, a number of guys ahead of him, but it, it kind of is just more like at his price. I don't like it. Um, no, I, I agree. But in real life, it's fine. But I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what the Red Sox are doing. I mean, that, that, that feels like a guy that you flip because <laughs> if the Red Sox aren't, so uh, if if he's pitching well, you could flip him at the deadline. I I guess I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I I really don't. I I I could see why though they didn't want to go through another year of Matt Barnes and not using Garrett Whitlock for some reason. Ugh. Um, even though that that seemed like that, you know, that, that seemed like a good call. It was obvious that they're just like. No, you wait. You wait your turn. Barnes, get your ass out there. Well, screw this up for us. They wanted to try everybody in that role. Like, it felt weird. Was, I don't know what the hell they were doing last yeah, year. I, ugly bullpen. No, it was a really weird. I mean, like, I, I get the thing was that they wanted to try Whitlock as a starter. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of, you know, it. he might do okay in that. I just, there, I just didn't see a reason why in the short term. You know, once you, if a guy's like dominant there and it's still a question mark on starting, just roll with it. And then the, a guy like Tanner Houck just try to make it as a starter. Um, yeah. So that it does seem like a team that's kind of moved from extremely well run to um, questionable on decisions. And Justin Turner is like, it's kind of a fine accumulator play in fantasy. Um, he's generally had good contact rates. It's a good park for batting average. Um, yeah, he, he's kind of like a real safe later third round third base in a in a position where people are bemoaning that there's no depth. Um, he's not going to hurt you in pretty much anything except stolen bases, which you're not getting really from third base anyway. So I, I've I've generally liked him the last couple of years. Um, you know. Maybe don't invite him over to your house when he's got a raging case of COVID, but otherwise. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Common sense does not really work all the time. So, All right, Joe, take on the uh, Cubbies. All right, yeah, so yeah. the Cubs are up next, and, and kind of strange, man. Like, I – they weren't good last year. I don't know if they're going to be good this year, but they feel like they're trying by loading up on a bunch of like veteran bats. Uh, Hosmer, 
Swanson, Bellinger, and, uh, you know, our comeback boy Mancini here. I mean, they've got some young dudes who are pretty good in that lineup, but, like, you know, we don't want to talk about all these guys, but, you know, like, I guess just the general question is, like, it feels like maybe outside of Swanson had a, had a really good 2022, um, even though people didn't want to believe in it before last season. All of these guys, like, they feel like they have to all be bounced back candidates in order for this lineup to be good. Can any of them actually do it in Chicago? I mean, I like Sega still. Um, I think. Okay. But, um, and Horner's decent. But right. No, I, I mean, but the, no, the, the, the Cubs just scream kind of just this mediocre team. I don't know what, I mean, they, they don't really have much on the pitching front that's in the major leagues right now. Yeah. I mean, they, and and Swanson's just, just <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all guys. Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's basically a team that's that you're gonna pay attention to as waiver wire fodder because you're yeah. like Steel. Steel definitely was interesting second half of last year, um, you know. But I mean, guys like Hosmer, Bellinger, Mancini, and mixed leagues. Those are guys that I mean, I don't see how you draft Hosmer, and no, and Mancini's a real marginal play. But those are guys that like they they might be off your team in the next week. Like yeah. that that's the that's so they're very they're, let's just say they're marginal guys. Swanson's okay. I don't there there's something about him that the projections don't seem to like. Um and makes me think that he's a guy that um doesn't age well. That like you know, think of like Javier Baez. Like it was always like it it seemed like Javier Baez is like from a projection side, it was always like, oh, it's going it, to – this is not sustainable. He's going to have to change something. He's going to change something. And then, yeah, it changed. He's, he's now an afterthought, um, except on <laughs> Detroit's – accepted by Detroit's accountants. Um, yeah. And – Yeah. And it's, yeah it's, that it's, was it's, why it's like swing and miss <laughs> propensity and just it like was, – It was – so Swan – yeah, there's something with Swanson. I don't I know. Don't, I can't – I can't I'm, pick I, it out. It's, he's just always drafted a way ahead of where I've got him with the with our Roswell. So I'm looking right now at his Fangrass page. So if my I have it on ad free, so that it shouldn't right. crash my browser. Um, should be good. I mean, so so one remember so that so yeah, the stats look good when you first look at them. So one, um, Swanson's averaged 161 games and 670 plate appearances. So all the counting stats are juiced, right? Um, yeah, that's valuable, man. Oh, it's valuable if you could, yeah. you know, but it, it's a hard thing. So the the other it's thing is like the walk Duke rate's not bad, but it, yes, yeah, 26% strikeout rate. You know, I mean, last year um, he had a 348 BABIP. Yeah. So basically everything equal. He's a 250 hitter. Um, you know, you, you put him at more like 150 games, all of a sudden he's a 2010 guy with 80, 80. Like there's value there. Um, so yeah, he, I mean, he's certainly fantasy relevant. It's just. As um, of last year, people were straight up not drafting him in some leagues. Like it was yeah. insane. You know, I, well, he, and I, mean, I don't know where that came from. And I started being like, well, well wait him. a minute. Why but do I like it? Why does everybody else hate him? So I stopped drafting him too. And then I was like, right. Oh, dang it. <laughs> You're right. And he had a weird, I mean, this, yeah. I mean, well, right. So the, the biggest thing for one of the things for him last year was Albies getting hurt. And cause Albies was, 
he wasn't that he was anchored at number hitting second, but he was certainly a, a cog there. And when he got hurt, Swanson kind of moved up into that position. And then Acuna, yeah, and Acuna was there. Um, but I feel so Swanson that helped in on the runs RBIs. There's no one who predicted he ended up with 99 runs, 96 RBIs. Now it was a great offense. He plays 162 games, so that helps. But hitting lead, hitting two helped there. So that sustains going into this year. It's more yeah. like, yeah, he's not a great batting average guy. Um, the 18 stolen bases last year were pretty fluky. He's probably more of a 10 yeah. to 12 guy. Agreed. And if he's 18, then maybe the whole – everyone steals right. 50% more right. bases. So, yeah, he's – I mean, like – I don't – Let's just, I mean, I've got him at 103 today because everything changes. And his ADP is 85. It's like around. That's not. It's all within general range. I mean, the question for me is that if you could get, like, do you, like I have Swanson, Correa, and Bogarts virtually equal. And the markets has Swanson much higher than those two. I'm fine with one of those three. I probably lean toward Bogarts out of the three, just because you know I feel like there's a little bit more stability with him. Correa, I got in one league, but you you always have to worry with him with his uh, uninsurable ankle. Yeah, yeah, and 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 general, you know, twenty games missed kind of thing. But yeah, so um, yeah, who knows? I mean. Every team that employed Theo Epstein, I, I'm not sure what they're doing anymore. Yeah. Got the Red Sox, got the Cubs. He worked for MLB. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That yeah, That's it's... right. Like, that's, there's not much to say. You're just like, I mean, like, Eric Hosmer? I mean, like, yeah, Trey Mancini, that, that makes sense. I mean... Well, who doesn't like yeah, Trey Mancini? Exactly. It's aside, like, aside from like any South Korean player. Yeah. Which is just reflexive because of the, the last name. <laughs> if you don't like Trey Mancini, yeah, aside from how you put it, I mean, the, the dude came back and balled out, you know, as much as he could. He's been solid. And then he just kind of lost playing time, really. And, and I yeah. think that that cut into his, uh, you know, his ability to, to actually be sustainable, yeah. especially right. from a fantasy standpoint. It was tough. I mean, they have Mountcastle is kind of a, a younger version of him, a younger, yeah. slightly you know better. And you had Santander there. And I just feel yeah. like there just wasn't room for him where the Cubs – I mean, like first base DH. I mean, I mean, I, I'd say if anything, the one thing this did is it took it uh, put any Matt Mervis conversation on ice. Because yeah. because now you've got Hosmer and Mancini. They both. I don't think either could play anything besides first base and DH. So you just assume yeah. Mervis is 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 in Triple uh, A for two months. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to force those guys in the outfield because, or at least one of them. But like, good luck. And then, no, yeah, like yeah. again, like, oh man, seeing the outfield would not be good. There's like insurance no. for first base at this Definitely point. So Mervis is like on ice, exactly. Perfect, yeah. perfect analysis. Yeah. So, so, 
All right, so we're going to rip through this a little bit faster. AJ's going to move on to the Astros and the Dodgers kind of at the same time here. Yeah, so speaking of uh, Mancini and Astros, the team that he left, they've replaced him with with Abreu, and then we've got the Dodgers who've yet again signed Kershaw for another year. Uh, they brought on J.D. Martinez and uh, and Thor, interesting enough, which I, I was a little disappointed about, I will admit, because I was hoping the Phillies maybe would have re-signed him. But he goes back to L.A. So what are your thoughts on, on Abreu with the Astros? Astros and, uh, you know, I mean, he is... 36 I believe they, they got I like that they injected they got they went younger at the position because they went they, they moved from Yuli like Yuli Gurriel was I think 30 is a year or two older than Abreu um you wouldn't know it by his his hip haircut but um but yeah the Abreu's fine um I mean I think I think we're seeing you know he might have that one weird bounce back power year but generally, with his trajectory, if if he's gonna hit for power, he's gonna sell out for it, and and go down to like two fifty to get it, like Frank Thomas in his later years. Um, but I, I think Abreu could be like a fine accumulator type. Um, you know, with the counting stats, will be wonderful in that bat in that lineup. Not a guy I'm targeting just because. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be like fantastic on average or fantastic on power, and I I don't have issues with my counting stats. Um, so, but that one's fine. Um, the Dodgers, I mean Kershaw. For when he pitches, the guy, I mean it. It, it is crazy that he's one of those guys that was an amazing thrower and pitcher. Like you know, like he's that one where like. You know, Granky, I guess you could say, was another one who was like, yeah, they, at their peak, they were impossible to hit because they had amazing stuff and amazing command and amazing feel. And those got and like, so Kershaw now doesn't have the overpowering fastball. And he's still getting guys out. And it doesn't seem super fluky. He's got, I mean, there's nothing if fluky about like superb control and being able to avoid homers. Th- those are two – it's really hard to do as you get older. That, that that Like a guy like Dan Harron, wonderful pitcher in his prime. It seems to be a really good person from what I've seen. Um, but as he got older, the control was wonderful. But he'd get – I called him a – he was a kebab, which was like, you know, really good K, really good walk, but they'd get to- – <laughs> But he'd get skewered with home runs, um, was and uh, yeah. So Kershaw still seems to do it. I, I at a certain point in the draft, I get it, and it's probably on a, it's probably in certain um, builds where you've got more durable guys ahead of him, at, or uh, it's a, law, a a league with a big bench that you could hold on to him when his he inevitably goes on a 15 day rest or something. Um, Thor, I think it's an afterthought. He really didn't mm-hmm. look good last year. No, the strikeouts um, were gone. That's what he was good for. Yeah. I mean that, that I think he's, he's kind of the opposite. 
Like, I, I just don't – he doesn't have the feel. He, he was kind of this brute force pitcher. Good control. He was never – it wasn't wild. But he really didn't have great swing and miss stuff. Um, and J.D. Martinez, at at this point, I mean, like, he'll, I think he's okay. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's, like, completely cooked. Um you know, but it's again that thing where I don't think he's the plus average guy he was, and that average in the homers are just so tied. You don't get both. Um, so he, he's you know as a DH only guy, he's fine at where you you probably have to if you get him in like fourteenth, fifteenth round of. Like it's 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 okay. Um. Yeah, I, I a little like, boring for the Dodgers who've had. Like, it is, it is, every, it really like a is. Freeman last year, and you know they they'd added Turner two years ago, and Betts, and all this stuff, and like this year, you're just like, yeah, the Bills come and do. Yeah, you know. Oh you yeah, know, yeah. they had to get rid. Of, they had to let Turner. They had to let Turner walk. Couldn't pay it. Well, or they just yeah. didn't. And then, yeah, they just didn't make the big splash. But I mean, they've got so many good players and in the, in the, their farm is deep too so they they've got some really interesting pitchers they do coming up and um, so that do. that's that's going to be the interesting thing with you know that's you know like they always how do. they <laughs> yes yeah, but well especially now so I, i'm interested to see what happens with them and there it's kind of one where i don't know i don't know who it'll be you know the timing of these stuff and how many but i do feel like there's going to be like some relevant um in season pitchers. Well, for as the, we for like the, to say the, on this the show, Dodgers. the Dodgers will definitely dodger their pitchers. So, like you know, the ten day DL Kershaw may not be hurt, but oh man, I woke up with a sore shoulder today. I Go on the DL, like that's gonna happen, and so they'll bring up these prospects and let them pitch. Right? There's some of that, well, that, and that stuff's tough on the on shallow bench leagues, and that, that's you know, ridiculous. Like, yeah. So yeah, that like if yeah, if I'm playing in a daily league, it's like yeah. I, I mean, like, I, Kershaw is not a guy that I. I don't. I don't. Um, not you're renting him. You, you, yeah, yeah. You, you, you'd rent. You, you're like, I'm okay to rent, but like, I'm not. You know, especially because you know sometimes you can't put. You don't have IL, or it is like, no, nah, you just find out in the middle of the week. Yeah, we're gonna skip the start. Yeah, like no, those it's, are the ones. It's, it's rough. It's really rough. So, they do it with everybody. It feels right. like so. All right, yep. well, let's uh, let's close out this show here. So we're going to rip through these last four teams. I'm just going to run through all the names. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the guys that we highlighted. So the Padres, uh, their big signing was Xander Bogarts. The Giants, they signed Mitch Hanniger, Michael Conforto, Ross Stripling, Jock Peterson. The one I highlighted was Taylor Rogers. That's sort of interesting. I mean, like, there was a prime closer there for, a, you know, for a while Half there. A year. The Rangers... Obviously, the DeGrom, that's the one I want to hear about. Evaldi, and then uh, Andrew Heaney. And then the Twins were kind of nothing there for a little while. And then yeah. all of a sudden, after we made these notes, all of a sudden they got finally Carlos Correa after he's you know officially signed for a combined $900 million this offseason between all the teams he signed for. Uh, and then traded just recently – for Pablo Lopez giving up Luis Areas and a couple of prospects. So the names highlighted here are Bogarts, Rogers, DeGrom, and then I kind of have both those twins moves. So 
I don't know, maybe give a couple minutes on just each one so we can, because uh, we're running a little long. So uh, just, just to close yeah. it out here. I mean, I think Bogart's solid player. I mean, I think he's going to middle that lineup great. Some great, great bats in that lineup. So, like, I think Bogart's and uh, going down to Correa are these guys that they're not going to steal, which is something you just have to live with at the sh- where you're drafting them. But really solid four category production with, I yep. think, really good floors of healthy. Um, the giant stuff really does little for me. The park is tough. So I, it might, I, I don't see any of the, the guys mentioned. Maybe, I mean, their, their pitchers are always a little interesting for that. So stripling maybe kind of gets lumped in with a whole, every other giant pitcher that's after yeah. Logan Webb, where you're like, suddenly they look kind of good after like the 15th round, you start getting like, everyone looks bad. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, because they also added Sean Mania. Like, Oh, I drafted Sean Mania after the 20th round the other day. And you're like, Alex Wood is always kind of pretty safe in a, a yeah. when he puts no, it I home. did the same thing with and all of them. Stripling and, and Cobb. Like, so that's just, that's basically the giants right now. Like any, you, you almost want no hitters from that team. Yeah. And, most pitchers are useful, and on Taylor Rogers, I I think Doval's the closer. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, like, even though he had that good year for most of the year last year, like, yeah. it, I didn't feel like it's his role. No, nah, and he's older too, and he's got his brother. He's he's reunited with his brother, um, Tyler, um, and uh, yeah. So I don't think. Uh, I'm not too worried. I'm, I'm drafting Duvall as as the the main mm. closer, and that's not going to be a share at this point. Um, with the Rangers, I mean Degrom. It's just DeGrom's a matter of what to know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but no, no one knows. So it, it's really a, a total risk reward thing, um, and yeah. So I don't, like one guy is gonna one person in your league is gonna have the the t- the uh, testicular temerity to take him. Um, I mean, he came uh, back in s- last year and still threw fourteen over a fourteen K per nine. That's yeah, insane. It's it's insane. And yeah, I mean, like I don't see any the environment change is not going to be an issue. So it's uh, you know, it's it's one where I'm probably going to have to figure out how to what you know, how do I take him. And still feel and like build around that. Yeah, risk. the projections love him, and I'm I, and you. How said could you earlier, not? I mean, look at his regular stats; they're insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean your projections I, like him. So do the ones that right. I, that I'm I'm throwing right. out there. My, my tools like him. I, it's just the ADP right. is like well, down here compared to the yeah. projections, and it's right. like, so here's, oh man, what do you do? Right. So here's th- there's like a good way to look at. It. So on on my projections on the player radar on Rasball, just to. I haven't really done much in terms of touting my shit. Um, so th- that's like free, but the, we have a dollar metric and a dollar per game metric. Mm-hmm. And the dollar per game metric's really good for basically saying like, yeah, if this guy played full playing time, what would he be? So, so like something like Garrett Cole is like a $30 player. And if you told me you get every stat, he's like 36. So he gets a lot close. So if you said, Garrett Cole will start 31 games. I'd be like, you can make an argument. He's a top four or five pick because, mm-hmm. but based on that one thing, you cannot promise me. But if you could, 
<laughs> DeGrom's the number – like, if you told me you're in 30 starts from DeGrom, I'm telling you, he's the number one pick. Number one I would, pick, yeah. Number, and he's at $44 on my thing. And, and I'm probably hedged his innings per start. Like, no one is even close. He is, like – he is so ahead of everyone else. So, so good. I, I only have him at 140 innings. You know, I have like Rodon at 166, Burns at 190. So I've docked him 50 innings. Yeah, I've got him around 145. And I still yeah. have him at number 21. Um, and he's going at pitcher. Overall. Yeah. Third pitcher off the thing. So you look at it like that and you go like, okay, I'm, I'm, I just need 140 to break even. And there's easily 40 innings of potential profit on the upside where there's no upside with Corbin Burns. You're paying for 190 innings. He's, I mean, maybe there's a 10, but you know, like there's really no upside there. So that's, I mean, that's, so it's, it's pretty obvious. You pay for the safety sometimes. That's okay. It's, it's like, yeah. And there's, the reality is like, it's probably, um, completely uh delusional to think you could oh well i'm gonna like i could see like oh well if i paired to grom with nola <laughs> and like you could but it's all nonsense yeah no one could get hurt because it's starting pitching and stuff like it's that. true yeah i mean but, p- pitcher's a total total crapshoot when it comes to, more than a, more of a crapshoot than hitters right. when it comes to injuries so, so yeah and, i mean yeah the grom's think, either gonna win people leagues or lose people leagues i guarantee again this year like same thing we did we, we well, well the key, same mistake we made with chris sale last year man yeah. people bought in and then just crashed and burned yeah i mean it's almost like with the grom <laughs> you've you've it's a weird thing where you almost still have to basically draft him and still draft a full rotation and then yeah just, just know you overspent on pitching, but if it hits, but but basically your floor is super high, mm. and if it hits, you're like you're you're this monster, sixty points, and you know you, you basically win everything except saves, um, which sounds like well yeah, but how do you field a hitting team? It's like, well, how many times have you seen people like if I told you you draft this these four guys. And you'll have the best offense. You'd be like, "Oh, sign me up." Well, yeah, just do it with pitchers, <laughs> and and it's a lot more feasible. If I told you you drafted, I don't know, Burns, Degrom, Nola, and uh, I don't know, uh, going down the list, Gaussman. I don't know, just made up, and um, yeah. and you draft those four, and you're guaranteed 15 points in the other in those things. You'd be like. It's just a it's a way of thinking, but it, it's the thing where like you can't choose Degrom and then go light on pitching <laughs> otherwise. Or yeah, you're gonna average. yeah you're you're gonna because have to you're gonna bets with Degrom. Because and that that that's the it's the only way to basically protect to get to make your team Agreed. less fragile. It's you're you're you've you're you're a team that you you've realized you're investing um you're over investing versus the market a bit in starting pitching. Yeah. All right, so let's finish off here with the Twins. I'm interested. Uh, so I'm just going to ask you this question. Yeah. Can Correa stay healthy enough to be fantasy viable this year and worth drafting? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think he, he's been a good value the last couple of years to me. He, but um, the problem is by the time he goes in the draft, 
you typically have a shortstop because shortstop of shortstop so deep. So he, so I do think there is an interesting play to say, fill up your other positions. And then by the time Correa shows up in the eighth or ninth round or something like that, I mean, I mean, last two years, he's at, you know, he's averaged yeah. 600 plate appearance over 600 plate appearances. He's hit. Yeah. He hits 280 ish, which is really good this year. Yeah. Um, the powers there, um, you know, no steals, but you know, it is, no, it is. well, that's right. So it's, it's a construct thing. The key it's so, um, yeah, it's the, every year I was, uh, it felt like every draft last year, particularly, I was like, I already had my shortstops cause there was other guys I liked and he'd go, he'd come off the board so late and I'd be really frustrated. I'm like, I couldn't take him. He just didn't fit in my team. I needed yeah. deals from shortstops or I had it filled. And um, yeah, this was the first year I actually did it. And I was kind of looking at where I was just like, man, this works really well. That yeah. it was a team where I had invested heavy in pitching and guys like Correa basically level help basically build up your other things. And, and you just got to figure out things with things like a stolen bases that, you know, that that's one where like you choose one or two guys and you, you're kind of banking on, like a, a Chisholm or um, an Estuary Ruiz is a very interesting one. If you look at the, look at that guy's the stats. season, man, that guy's going to be awesome, but good luck. Right. And, and right. But that, that's one of the things where, yeah, it's the thinking you have to do. Um, if you go heavy pitching, if you go heavy hitting all of a sudden, you're like trying to like, I don't know, try to find these starting pitchers that are, diamonds in the rough that suddenly figure things out. And that is, if you could do it, you know, hit me up. Cause it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's only gotten tougher because so many people are looking and it feels like that every, the guys that used to be, I mean, old school would be calling them like the, the Braun Chandler Lima's, you know, where there was like, Oh, this guy. And you go forward into just like the guys that, the hype guys or the guys that you just find you like, this guy looks really good. I don't understand why he's going in the 15th round. Like they don't exist anymore in, in most leagues. Like basically by the time you get out of the 10th round and you're just like, Oh God, I just want a pitcher that doesn't make me want to puke. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, a pitcher, like you're, you're, you're already going for de- thinking damage control. Like upside is, is hard to even like fathom in the tent in like, pick 150 to 300 with starting pitching like guys like Brady Singer where you're like eh, it's a big park and eh, maybe throw. he's safe right. like he's not gonna re- kill me may- may- maybe yeah. Reed Detmers figures it out maybe there yeah. was something last year but like it's everything is in like a really um it's in that voice that does not sound very uh Going back to doesn't sound like doesn't sound like that beer doesn't sound like no it doesn't big sound truck like big beer truck. <laughs> no no it sounds like yeah, it sounds like uh some like sour beer like I don't know maybe <laughs> maybe Brady Singer will be okay maybe he has another level um yeah so it's it's that's the sour power oh there you like go that one either. mango mango sour <laughs> go. power 
Wow. It's finally beer. harnessed the sourness <laughs> of mango. Um, yeah. So that's <laughs> it, it. So I said, yeah, like, I, I, I like, but it's not so much. I, I think Correa is a fine player. I think he was, uh, I, I, th- I thought the free agent bidding on him and going that far on him was maybe a little out of whack. Cause he seems just like a very good, but not a great player. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, at, but um, he is one of those guys that that's an, seems to be an interesting fantasy value, maybe just because shortstops that can't run are over are are uh, are besmirched. <laughs> um, and that hits that hits Bogarts too to a certain extent. Yep, um, absolutely, you know, and that'll you know, so that'll be. But yeah, it does does seem like sounds like we might be able to find some speed elsewhere this year, though. So, all right, man. So I think that's gonna be it for us. So, um, thank you for coming on, Rudy. We appreciate having you here, and uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll hopefully I can convince you to come on for our NFL draft show again. You can yeah. uh, you know trash talk your Giants as you. Well, like we don't have a top single. pick this year. Oh, I, true. That is. I know. True. So I mean, I'm be... still I'm I'm in the bag for like for B. John Robinson, because I'm a Texas fan. And it, it, it also obviously goes with don't, don't reside Barkley just, um, yeah. but it's, it's a completely bonkers one that won't, um, that's not realistic at all. Um, but you're, you're fresh off a of coach of the year for Brian Dable. So that's nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I can't, no, no complaints with giants this year. Um, at least there's some sign of hope. Um, yeah. And yeah, hopefully they get off the the bandwagon of they can do better with trade. But that's that's for that's for uh, a couple months from now. Absolutely. So yeah, I will be hitting you up for that. But uh, before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and and uh, what you got going on this season for baseball. Yeah, uh, at Rudy Gamble. Um, my stuff is at Rasball. I I really don't write too much anymore. But uh, the player rater for the preseason projections. The in-season uh, – right now, if you sign up for the in-season tool package, you get my draft room. Um, highly recommended. Um, you know, it basically just makes drafting a lot easier. There's some stuff in it that you're not going to find in in most uh, other areas. Uh, but the in, but it's kind of added value for the in-season tools. So you play daily, you play weekly. It's, ba- it, it's just having, like, uh, a really – uh, a, a very informed second opinion, helping right. to guide um, your picks for fab uh, or daily pickups. Oh. Uh, and, and we have DFS projections and all that stuff too. Not to, um, so that's all there. But um, yeah, if you have any questions on it, you can just hit me up on Twitter for as that long as good, it's man. a solvent uh, platform. Yeah, absolutely. Rudy is a, Rudy's a great guy. He's smart. So uh, follow his stuff. Uh, highly recommend it, but uh, thank you, Rudy. Uh, we'll have to do this again soon. See you, man. Right on. Thanks. All right, AJ. Um, so that is it for the show. We're going to be starting our position previews next week. Uh, starting out with our, oh, if I can find the right tab here, probably catcher first base, right? With Mr. Eric Cross himself. So, uh, Looking forward to doing that. So that is it for the show. Make sure you hit subscribe. 
on the YouTube channel, jump into fantasysixpack.net slash plans and become a member today and get up on all that value as well. Um, but that's it for me. AJ, any parting words? Go birds. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, okay. Good night. You asked. I'm sorry. Should never have done that. <laughs>